Yep, it's on. Okay, there we go. We, we have tested this, but I will give you a warning. If you were here last week, you know there was a few little gremlins, as the AV team likes to call it. And so hopefully the gremlins are at bay. There will be no sound issues. Um, and so if not, God's going to work anyway. So um, good, good, good evening. My name is Maggie, and I'm one of the pastors here at Mercy Street. I love you, Poochie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if this is your first time here, we just want to say welcome. You're in the right place. This is a place filled with God's grace, hospitality, and we just want to welcome you wherever you find yourself in. Uh, we are in a fourth week of uh, a series we called Grace Changes Everything. And there are many of us who can testify that we have experienced that personally in our own life. And at the first week of this month, we talked about grace is like this great invitation that God invites us to the table to have a seat and to enjoy the banquet that God has set before us and that we see that that invitation was not just for them or you or you but it's for all of us including ourselves and the next week we talked about belonging this sense that we are welcomed into God's family and we celebrated that by witnessing the baptism of three of our very own and we talked about there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. There's also nothing we can do to keep God from loving us. Last week, we talked about the solidarity that we all have found as we've served in the mission, right? That Mercy Street truly believes on creating this safe harbor so all can experience the hope and transformation and the radical grace of God. And we celebrated the many folks and volunteers who have served countless hours of greeting Mercy Street, uh, volunteering through cooking food, sharing cups of coffee, Bible studies, recovery meetings, driving vans, to loving and hanging out with our kids and our youth. And all of that is possible because you have accepted the invitation to join us in this mission. And today, we're going to end the series as we talk about this generosity, this generous God who has loved us generously, who has poured grace everywhere, and how we are called into this invitation to respond. We're going to read from Psalm 111 today, and I believe it's going to help us cut straight to the point of what matters most. When we live in a world that tries to vie for our attention, our time, our resources, and our finances, sometimes it's hard to figure out really where do we point ourselves? Where is the most beneficial, not just for us, but to make an impact, to make a difference in the world around us? And this psalm, um, this song illustrates and encourages us to pause to look at the beauty of the world around us and to help us live in such a way that brings praise and thanksgiving to God. I'm going to invite Victor to come up and read our scripture today. Can give some love. All right, Psalms 111, 1 through 10. <laughs> he might be a little nervous. Right. Give him some love. <laughs> right. And it goes like this. Hallelujah. I give thanks to God with everything I've got. Wherever good people gather and in the congregation, God works are so great, worth a lifetime of study and endless enjoyment. 
Splendor and beauty mark his craft. His generosity never gives out. His miracles are his memorial. This God of grace, this God of love, he gave food to those who fear him. He remembered to keep his anxious, his anxious promise. He proved to his people that he could do what he said. Hand them the nations on a platter, a gift. He manufactures truth and justice. All his products are guaranteed to last. Never out of date, never obsolete, rust proof. All that he makes and does is honest and true. He paid the ransom for his people. He ordered his covenant keep forever. He's so personal and holy, worthy of our respect. The good life begins in the fear of the Lord, of, of God. Do that and you'll know the blessing of God. His hallelujah lasts forever. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. You know, I'm going to pause for a second. I recognize it is, there's a lot of fear. We walk through some anxious things to do things that might be a little uncomfortable for us. And I wanted to celebrate, meant to, forgot to. So I get, I get the platform now. Um, that one of our own Mercy Streeters um, was, I want to celebrate them using a lifeline. Um, they weren't able to show up today because they were a little overwhelmed with social anxiety. And yet they emailed right before church letting me know the battle that they were struggling with and that they were going to tune in online. And so if you're watching online, I want you to know I see you, I hear you, and God sees you even in the midst of that battle. And this community loves you and welcomes you whenever you are welcomed or whenever you find the courage to walk in. We're ready for you. So I just wanted to, to pause in that because I recognize we're, we're all fighting struggles, right? Amen? How many other Mercy Streeters have had that same anxiety? So I don't know if you can see on the camera, but there are many hands raised. And so we, we all have those struggles. Um, and sometimes they go away for a while, and sometimes they come right back. Um, I love this psalm. And I read it, um, or Victor read it, um, in the message translation. Um, but in the original uh, Hebrew, it was actually formed in such a way for the people that would hear it would be able to remember it. It actually went through the uh, alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, in a way to help them to lock it into their memory. You know, so often we take for granted that we can get the Bible almost anywhere. Most of you might even have it on your phone. And so we don't recognize that for many Hebrew and the early Christian church, the only way you knew about scripture was by hearing it, learning it, and remembering it. I don't know about you, but my memory is not as good as Stephanie's because I am not very good <laughs> at reciting out the scripture off the top of my head. It takes a lot of practice and going back to God's word. And so I am grateful that I have it on my phone um, and that I can be able to look it up at any time. But there's something beautiful specifically why they wanted the people to be able to remember this psalm because the psalm does a great job of declaring that we are to Praise God with all that we have, and then reminding of God's good works and good deeds, and reminding of what God did for them. And if you can remember a story of lifetimes and generations in a 10 verses, I mean, that's pretty good poetic work. But I mentioned that 
um, that word fear. It says, with God, we described um, as a personal and holy worthy of our respect. And in that verse 9, it said the proper response for the worshiper would be to fear the Lord. And I think that's hard because in today's reading, when we hear that word fear, we think of something scary, something we want to get away from, or something we think will harm us. Yet, we read in the Old Testament that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Thus, we know that the fear of the Lord is a good thing. It's a positive aspect of our faith, that God's awesomeness is worthy of our attention, our praise, and even our lives. I think of it like if we were to go into a place of fear, we become on high alert, right? We notice our whole surroundings. We notice everything about us. Well, I think this is the kind of attention that God wants from us. Not a panic attack, but on high alert, looking and waiting for God, anticipating God's next move and God's next word. In Deuteronomy 10:12, fear is actually synonymous with love and service and this idea of clinging to God. It says, so now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Or the Old Testament professor Nancy Walford says it this way, as at root, the word denotes obedience to God's will. The Hebrew word for fear is powerful in its meaning, but it's more to do with the feelings of God's awesomeness. It's more to do with the presence of the holy other with cautious reverence, right? That high alert than sweaty palms and shaking and gasping for breath. No, this isn't what God is asking. When we enter into a relationship with God, it's a high calling. It's a dangerous, yet it's a reverent relationship. This is the fear of the Lord. I learned in that Psalm 111 is also classified as an individual hymn of thanksgiving. Typically, this classification is set up in a way where the singer thanks God for delivering them from whatever their life difficulty was. Yet, in this particular psalm, we instead see an individual worshiper recounting not a singular event, but God's goodness and rescue for a whole community. It was the history of deliverance for God's people. We see the promise to give thanks. We see the work of God to be praised. And it alliterates, it defines what God's work is. And lastly, it talks about this wisdom where that begins. Friends, we gather together in worship to remember in the first place why we worship. We tell the story of God. And for those of us who have come before us, we talk about the people, the saints, the people of disciples who have gone before us. We share of scripture and songs in our praise and our lament, which is just a fancy word of our complaints and our suffering and our grief. We do that when we sing those worship songs. We do it when we say our prayers together in corporate worship. And yes, we all gather together as someone in our community declares God's word, the scripture, and we pray that the Holy Spirit will work it out in our midst and hopefully make something beautiful out of whatever the pastor up here is saying. 
and make it matter. You see, I have seen the Holy Spirit do this time and time again. What if we look at that same form that created this psalm, but kind of applied it to Mercy Street? Now, I do not consider myself a songwriter or a poet, but I tried to write the psalm in a way that is Mercy Street, um, and my team was making jokes about the book of Maggie, and that is not what I am claiming. <laughs> But I did make my attempt in my preparation to, to read this psalm and to think of it if I think of our community, of how we have been delivered. And so um, you can follow along. It starts with hallelujah. And as I was saying this, Stephanie, I can't not hear your voice when I hear that word. So uh, you have made an imprint and I hear you forever in the hallelujah. So hallelujah. I give thanks with everything I got. Well, at least in this moment. You see, whenever Mercy Street gathers good people, overcomers display the works and miracles of God's hand. So much goodness, it would take a lifetime to learn from the story of every person who has come into our do doors touched by God's grace. Oh, but what joy and boundless hope that pours out from the generosity of God. Each one of you a miracle, a marker of God's goodness, this God of grace, this God of love, this God of mercy. God gave food to all those who serve him and even those who went astray. God remembered his promises of deliverance even when we break ours. The life of the whole begins in the love of God. Love God, serve God, and you will know the blessing of God. God's hallelujah persists even when ours falls short. Mercy Street, we are a ragtag group of people. And yet we are united because we know what it's like to not feel like you could lift a hallelujah. To not feel like God's hallelujah even could exist in the corners of the world that we find ourselves. And yet, that is where God's grace goes. Beyond the places than we could even imagine, no matter how hard we try to hide. This grace. You see, Mercy Street exists because a few Chapwood people saw a need to welcome those who weren't coming to church. So what began over sharing a cup of coffee with folks who had left for various reasons began a ministry, which then morphed into a faith community to be the healing hands of Jesus for those who felt not welcome. Now, 26 years, we have had all sorts of people find their ways into the doors through an invitation or maybe a gentle force of a program that says there is value in finding yourself in a loving community. And so hopefully that invitation turns into, I want to come back to that place. But all over the room through the years, we have seen miracles take place, lives transformed, families 
reunited that seemed impossible. Unlikely friendships take place. Sobriety taking root. Again and again and again. And safe spaces to heal from trauma, from shame. Friends, God's generosity never gives out. That was the line that stuck with me all week long reading that text. God's generosity never gives out. How many times do I feel like I can only be generous if I know exactly how much I have to be able to give? Yet God's generosity never gives out. It hasn't yet, and it won't stop. (laughs) The beautiful thing about God's invite is to he invites us to participate in this generosity. Those who at one point felt they had nothing to give, those who felt they had nothing to offer are invited into this invitation to see how God will multiply it and do more than you could have imagined. I know this because I have seen it. The kind of kingdom building, the kind of sharing and bringing and healing and wholeness that we all seek, whether we knew it in the beginning or not. Yes, last week it was funny, um, one of the people here, gay, said, I didn't know it was a stewardship campaign until the very end. And I was like, okay, hopefully that's a good thing. Um, No, I recognize many of us in here, myself included, have been harmed by the idea that sometimes the church only wants your money. Anybody felt that way before? I did. (laughs) I did. I've been a part of churches sometimes where it seemed like they could care less about what was going on in my life and more just about maintaining the budget. And so I recognize that as a pastor who now is in charge of, hey, how are we going to make this mission happen? How are we going to complete it, right? But I trust in God that God would bring this ragtag group of people together and say, I will take your fishes and loaves, the pieces that you have, and I will multiply them. Friends, I love this scripture, so we're going to read it. Because it's, I think, more about what we're offering than the size of the gift. So we're going to read a scripture from Mark. And you can follow along. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into a temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worthy only of a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Mm. I love this story because it illustrates the sacrifice the woman made to participate in honoring God. Notice I say not to complete the budget. (laughs) To participate in honoring God. 
The psalmist that we read from said, with everything we have, we're going to praise God with everything that we have. And so that means that what we give to God represents a sacrifice, not always from our excess, not what we have left over, but from our first offering. Our first thought is, how do we honor God? Now, I said I didn't always think of the financial side as being a scary thing within the church because I thought maybe that's all they cared about. But that is not what I'm saying. What I've shown you time and time again is Mercy Street existed because of the heart of the people following the heart of God to welcome others into this place. And that started also by conversation of who else can we think of that's not here? That started on relationship, a relationship with God the Father and a relationship with those in our city that could come to this place. And then it started with what gifts do we have? What can I do to bring about something to help this mission come to be? Can I hold the door open? Can I greet? Can I make a pot of coffee? Can I be willing to sit and welcome the new person? Can I organize communion? Can I do the behind the scenes work to make this happen? We all have a gift to offer to bring. And at the end of the day, there's also this financial piece that allows us to extend the gifts of God to beyond what we can ask or imagine. I love this woman because she was willing to give out of everything that she had. Now, I will say, I have been somebody since coming back into the church that was one that was hustling, right, just to make ends meet. Anybody ever been a hustler trying to make ends meet? I had three jobs when I first got here, um, and so I will tell you my time was here, 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 and what can I give to God? Okay, I'll give this amount of my time to God. Here, 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 I'll give you $5 here, God. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for everything that you're doing, and that was the routine of my life. I say that because there have been so many times where I have been blessed by the time of someone. There's so many times where I've been blessed by someone picking up the phone when I needed the prayer or the support. So many times where I've been blessed financially by a scholarship coming in just in time so I could get the school that I needed done. And God has been there every step of the way. But do you know one thing that changed is when I was willing to say, I don't, I don't know how much I have to offer, but maybe this $20, God, can be something that you can do something with. And it became a faithful discipline of doing that consistently. Not out of leftover, of saying, no, God, out of this right now, I'm going to give this to you and see what can come. Friends, Mercy Street exists because of, yes, generous gifts from people who have greater wealth. But the majority of Mercy Street exists because of the little gifts they have to offer to add to the whole. I wanted to say that because I think sometimes we think somebody else is going to carry this mission. And God has called each and every one of us to participate in this. And it's a sign of our discipleship. It's a sign of us willing to surrender to God's will. Not out of pressure out of invitation? Do you want to participate in something that is bigger than ourselves? Mercy Street, I am grateful for your commitment to praise God with everything you have. 
Would you think about the ways in which God is calling you in 2024 to grow in your commitment to God, to God, to the mission to love God's people. And if you choose Mercy Street to be that vehicle, we would be honored. We would be honored for you to be in the trenches as we go out into our city and share the love of God. This is what we believe God has called us to in our gifts, our witness, our time, our prayers, and yes, our treasure. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Friends, would you give God your heart, even at a small step of being faithful to trust that God has you. God will provide for you, and I might be able to share in the load of providing for someone next to me, someone who is yet to make it to our doors. Let us pray. Loving God, you shout your hallelujahs over us all. Gracious God, you go to every corner of the world to find yours. Merciful God, you have lavished us with your love and offered your forgiveness and began your healing and wholeness and transformation in each of our lives. God, we are recognizing that we would not be here if it wasn't for your first move. We also recognize how your spirit calls and invites each of us to respond. Sometimes it's just to go say hello to that stranger and let them know that they are hear that they matter, that they are seen. Sometimes you call us to go out of our comfort zone and serve in a way of bringing food to the homeless, showing up in that meeting again and again to say, I will be here when you need me, brothers and sisters. And sometimes, Lord, you are asking us to give all that we have, to step out in faith and trust that you your spirit will unite us as one to do the impossible. The need is great, Lord, and the laborers are few. So help give us the courage to step out in faith and follow you with all that we are. And every gift, large and small, would honor you. Because of your great love that runs and chases and pursues us, Lord. We want to be in that race to extend that love to all. We pray and we offer this worship up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.